Nishuskin, costado izquierdo de la portería de Mark Underfree, sigue Nishuskin, está buscando la complicidad, ahí está Ryan Graves, saca el disparo Graves, uno más de Graves, bloqueado y ahora es, viene a toda velocidad, este es Mike Stone, Whacking that thing around. Well, it's everything, you know. If if, if they're not, you're not you're not in a position to, to upset Colorado, you know, with the team they've got. So, um, you know, we knew that we knew we were going to have to be at the top of our game in all areas, and uh, you know, I think the guys have uh, have done a good job and, and and have put us in a spot where we've got a chance to, to win this. The Las Vegas Journal Review. This question this morning comes from Justin Emerson, the Las Vegas Sun. Hey, Mark, you guys have played pretty well over the last two games, came out with a win in one of them. So I guess how much of the game plan for game four is kind of stay the course and do what you've been doing, and how much of that is is, is knowing that, uh, that you guys do need, uh, I don't know, sorry, I guess that how much um, that you, wow, sorry. Um, I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. It's going to be hard to top that, actually. Justin Emerson. It's going to be hard to top that. What a hero. Can anyone top that with the Raiders? Probably. Uh, well, by the time you get to the, the first sorry, Gruden's walked off the set anyway, so he puts the <laughs> puts his headset down and he leaves. Oh, I wish that question to come after a loss. That would have been much better. Oh, my God. Would have been so much better. All right. So we have a voicemail line. You guys can call, leave us a voicemail. We'll play it if it's any good. 702-720-4678. We got a voicemail. Who's our favorite voicemail listener? Mike? Mike. Mike left us a voicemail. And kind of important, we talked a lot about the uh, last change in this series in the 7 o'clock hour. And not everybody might know what that is. Hey, this is Mike. Somebody, please, for the novices like me, explain in detail what last change means. I hear everybody railing about it, but here's what I don't know. Please explain this. Does last change mean with three minutes to go, with one minute to go, and when do you determine that was the last change that will be made in the game? I don't understand when last change occurs and when the visiting team can no longer make a change. So please explain that in detail if you have time. Thank you. We got asked this the other night on Twitter, uh, right? Because, again, everyone's talking about last change of matchups for the first time in the history of hockey. It's like every interview. I'll just read you what Ben sent back to the guy. This is last change. During any stoppage except for icing, the Knights as the visiting team have to send out their lines and D pairs first. So the Avalanche, as the home team, get to see who's going to be on the ice and can choose how to match it up. So, example the other night, as Tyler uh, said earlier in the show, Pete DeBoer sends his lines out. Jared Bednar can then say, okay, oh my God, Stone's out there. McKinnon, you sit down. So he can decide. And tonight, it will be the Knights who get to see who the Avalanche put out there, and they can respond. Yeah, so it's it's 
when there's stoppages. When it's, Other than icing, when, when there's on, stoppages. When it's on the fly, yeah. like when game with the gameplay is just going on. Then and you put whoever you want out there. Yeah, you can still line match to a degree. You can still say, oh, Mark Stone just hopped over the board, so we're not going to put McKinnon out there anytime soon. But when there are stoppages, you're able to put the home team is able to see who the visiting team puts on the ice, and then they get to decide, okay, this is who <laughs> I'm going to put on the ice. Because it's basically just a way for hockey to make sure the guys go on the ice and there's not like two coaches staring at each other waiting for the other one to make a move. They had to say, okay, although that would be better for it would be like, I'm not putting anybody out there until you, <laughs> you put somebody out there. Well, you're not St. Louis. So I got to put these guys out. Right. There. So that's all last change is. And again, it sounds fairly innocuous. And that's why we spent the seven o'clock hour saying <laughs> it can't be this simple. Why is this the most important thing in the series? Even though, it is the most They're important talking thing about in the it series. enough to think it yeah. is the most important thing in the and series. McKinnon's great when he plays against anybody not named Mark Stone. Yeah. McKinnon is useless when he's on the ice against Mark Stone. Now, one of the topics that we haven't gotten to is you did ask Darren Millard about it, but Ryan Reeves, healthy scratch in game five. Matias Janmark came back from injury. He was on the third line. Keegan Kolasar got bumped down to the fourth line and took Ryan Reeves' spot. How surprised are you that Reeves actually I was got scratched? Really surprised because it appears to me, at least, um, DeBoer is a really big Ryan Reeves fan. So yeah. I was, I guess, shocked is a strong word, but I was really surprised. Not that Yanmark went in. I mean, if he's healthy, you got to put him in on that third line with Tuck and Wah. But uh, I was really, I was, I was like, they they started, you know, tweeting it during morning skate, and they kind of were trying to you know, the beat writers trying to try to make sense of it. It's like what's happening here when they did the rushes at morning skate. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I was really surprised. Now, again, I'll go back to that's not why they were down after two periods, but yeah, I was shocked. I was surprised. I don't, he, they had just won. I didn't understand, you know, the move. Yeah, they're coming off a win with Ryan Reeves in the lineup. And this is like, this is the player, Ryan Reeves, that Pete DeBoer has repeatedly started the fourth line yeah. for games. Like, we talk about this whole line matching thing. Like, even when the other team will put out their best players, DeBoer is like, no, nah, we're going to start Ryan Reeves in the fourth line. It's like, why the hell are you doing that? And it's, it's for whatever reason, they love Ryan Reeves. So I was stunned. They mm-hmm. actually sat him down. Now, if you look at it, like there's a goals above replacement stat. Ryan Reeves is the only player in this series that was negative during the regular season. Like he's, he's that's not a shock. He's though. far and away. Like he's the least helpful player to the Golden Knights right. winning games on the ice. And so it's not much of a surprise or it shouldn't be much of a surprise that that player got benched, but they never bench him. No. They never scratch him. And he actually did in a playoff game. Now, I think what actually might be more important is what happened to the third line because in game four, the Golden Knights were very good with one exception. Nick Waugh, Alex Tuck, and Keegan Kolasar. In game four, their expected goals rate was 12%. Their Corsi was 20%. When that third line was on the ice in game four, they were awful. Matthias Janmark comes back in, and so Janmark replaces Kolasar. That change, game five, the third line's expected goals rate was 91%. The course he was over 80. Oh, and Tuck scored. Yeah. Like they, yeah, they created one of the goals. Yeah. And like that, and I, it's probably too simplistic to just say, oh, Matthias Janmark is that much better than Keegan Kolasar, but they got production out of their third line. And even though the team didn't play well, that was extremely necessary to them coming back and winning that game. So that's probably the bigger thing than Ryan Reeves or Keegan Kolasar. Because at the end of the day, there's not much of a difference in Ryan Reeves and Keegan Kolasar. Like, they're kind of the same player. No, it's like Darren said, you have, if you're talking 10 chances to score, Reeves is probably zero. 
and Keegan Colasar might be two. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's just this little sense that you've seen enough from Keegan Colasar, although he, you know, is you know he misses the net a lot. But I mean, there's a sense that hey, he might get one through. Yeah. I never believe that with Reeves. Yeah, it's and that's. It's a very small difference. Yes. You're not you're not likely winning or losing a playoff game because Colasar Reeves is in right. the game. But you can win and lose a playoff game, and you can give them a lot of credit for it because Matias Janmark came back in and helped the third line become competent again, whereas they weren't in game four despite that win. Um, one other thing on the NHL. Bruins get eliminated last night by the New York Islanders. So your final four teams... The Islanders are going to play the Lightning, same matchup as last year in the Eastern Conference Finals, and the Canadians are waiting around for the winner of Avalanche Golden Knights. Obviously, the Lightning are very good. Obviously, the Lightning um, did a better job than the Golden Knights at manipulating the salary cap and are playing with a team that's like $15, $20 million over what the normal salary cap would be. But, I mean, you're looking at a Final Four here, mainly Canadians and Islanders. How the hell did those two teams get here? I'll say the Islanders, I said this before, I do think Trotz is really, really good. I don't know how the Canadians did it. Like I said, they've won seven straight, and you pointed out in those seven games, I don't think they've trailed, yeah. which good for them. That's, I mean, to win three three straight against Toronto, um, I, I mean, Winnipeg just looked awful. But um, I don't know about how the Canadians did it. I get, I do think Trotz is really good, so I get, I'm far less surprised that the Islanders were able to do it than the Canadians. I thought the, you know, I thought the Maple Leafs would take them out. Uh but of those three, if you're saying Colorado Vegas advances, I mean, the Lightning would be the team. I think, obviously, anyone would have the most yeah. problems with. And, okay, here's the weird part about hockey, and we do this every year with the Golden Knights. You look at the Final Four teams, and if the Golden Knights advance, you're basically looking at this saying, okay, Golden Knights-Lightning is going to be the Stanley Cup right. Final. Right. And that's going to be a tough matchup. And if, yeah. for whatever reason, the Islanders upset them, you're feeling pretty good about your chance yeah. to actually win the Stanley Cup. But... Every year, we have these types of conversations. We did it last year with, oh, my God, they get to play the Dallas yeah, Stars play the in Dallas the Western Stars. Conference yeah. Finals? Like, put yeah. them in the Stanley Cup, and they lost. Yeah. And so it's a it's a dumb sport where the best teams don't always win because you get into this seven-game series, and for whatever reason, Nathan McKinnon becomes, like, a useless player in right. a seven-game series. And, like, I'm fully expecting the winner of Golden Knights Avalanche loses in five to Montreal. Five, like why? Like why? That's what happened last you're, year. You're giving them a game, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a gentleman's sweep. <laughs> they lost to five to Dallas yeah, last. Like giving them a game. Like we sat around thinking, okay, they they survived Vancouver. They almost blew that series, but now it's Dallas. Well, no problem. And they lost in five. And Dallas got really good goaltending. But I will say this: if he's at his very best, Montreal's a better goalie. Yeah. Kerry if he's Price at his very now, too. he can also give up five. But I mean, if he's at his very best. You will face a better goal than you did in Dallas, and that guy was great. Because the the mindset of like Golden Knights fans, if they do close out this series, oh, is, they're thinking the win in Stanley Cup. Yeah, and yeah, you, that's and yeah. You should obviously. be. I mean, you won if if they win tonight, they won four in a row against the team that had the best record in hockey and completely shut down Nathan McKinnon. Right. Completely shut down a guy who's one of the three finalists for the heart. Yeah, uh, like. If you win this, you should absolutely be feeling great. And you're looking at Montreal, the four seed. Were they the they three traded or the four Suzuki. Yeah. The three of the four seed out of the North Division. Does like, Tatar even play? I think he's been <laughs> yeah. a healthy scratch all those seven Come games. Come on. Like, it's like you've got to be thinking great, but the way these damn playoffs always play out, yeah, you're losing to the Canadians in five. If they if they do it and they split with Canadian in the first two, we talked about this, and go and play again in front of, like, I don't know, 100 people. 
That is a weird situation. That's a huge advantage, Montreal, in my mind. Like, to go away from T-Mobile and you go to Montreal and play in front of, like, you know, I don't know what the, what are they at two thousand? I have no idea what Canada is at, but it's not many. There's not much. I mean, there's way too much. You can way too much here. What's going on, on the ice now in Montreal? Watching those games. So, and we're getting way ahead of ourselves. But let's say they split the two with Montreal. I agree with you. I think that's a weird place to go into into Canada, and I'd I'd go advantage Montreal in that situation. Yeah, it'll be strange. It I'm, will be I'm, weird to yeah. go from the best atmosphere in hockey to like, is anyone here? Because the Canadians have been playing in empty arenas. For... Now they played in the bubble like that, but still, we saw yeah. what happened in the bubble. Yeah, it'll be strange. Like it's eh, playoffs are stupid, and even more stupid because there's one Canadian team and the Canadian government's like, yeah, hockey's important. You guys that's can the cross best. The border. Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> no one is vaccinated, but it's hockey. Everyone come in. <laughs> so, you ready to fly back to Colorado, Ed? I have to stay neutral in that How answer. How many plane trips have you been on <laughs> in the last, like, 72 hours? This will surprise you. This will surprise you. And I think I told you this the other day, and it happened again yesterday. Three straight flights on the airline I only fly. I will not say. I mean, I think I dropped their name the other day on Twitter a couple times. Three straight times we have been put on a plane. I told you this the other day. It happened uh-huh. again yesterday, Tyler. We've been put on a plane only to get the announcement, we don't have the pilot. <laughs> yesterday again. Again? He's, he's yes. <laughs> Again? Yes. He's en route and he's about to land. And I'm like, I was with you the other day. And oh, by the way, yesterday, the other caveat to this, air conditioning not working. <gasps> and Denver was hot yesterday. It was like in the 90s. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't Vegas, but like we walk, this is when you know it's a bad day. When you walk on and the stewardess is on the the uh um intercom telling the one who's at the emergent exit aisle, Jenny. We need to work on the air conditioning. It's not on. I'm like, okay, that's not good. <laughs> so then you sit down like, all right, maybe when the plane gets going, they'll get the air back on. And then everyone's on the plane. We're waiting for the pilot. Like, where are they? And by the way, who's is some eight-year-old doing the scheduling for pilots? <laughs> Who the hell's doing the scheduling? Why are all these pilots playing, flying other planes and, like, not on time for our plane? Like, I, I don't know who's scheduling these people. It, isn't that weird? Have you ever been on a plane? It's three, three straight times, and it's like – I've never. I've flown for years. I've never had that, and I'm like, no. is it a? Sh- no, I'm serious. Is it a shortage of pilots? I don't know. Well, I will say that there was at one point actually a pilot shortage because pilots don't actually make that much money. Okay, maybe that's it. But either it's bad scheduling by the eight year old, or there's a shortage of pilots. But either way, every time I'm flying, and the other thing I get a little worried about is like, eh, how long's Jimmy flown today? <laughs> Like, he's only supposed to fly eight hours. Is this his fourth trip or his fifth? I, I don't know. I've never boarded, and they say the pilot's yes, not exactly. here. Yes, exactly. Why are they boarding we're waiting everyone? until the pilot shows yes. up. I've seen the pilot and the flight attendant I have to. roll Walk in past. right yeah. before they're supposed to board. Yeah. But I've never boarded yeah. and, board. and it's, had it's, to wait it's on the pilot. It's awesome. It's just it's so <laughs> weird. Just walk up there next time. Like, I can fly it. I got yeah. it. Let's go. I was, I, and this is, you know, this is going to yeah. be. Try to get in the cockpit. I mean, we haven't seen recently that that goes bad. Jared will know this reference. I don't know if Tyler watched this movie or knew about it, but yesterday I'm sitting there with Ben Goats. I'm like, I'll take Abdul Jabbar flying this boat right now. <laughs> I'm like, can, can anyone. Kareem? Can, yeah. What did he do? Oh, oh Jared. My God. Come on. <sighs> the movie Airplane? Never seen it. Oh, for oh. God's sake. He was the co pilot. Do you like movies with gladiators? He was the co-pilot. There's airplanes and gladiators in the same movie? Yes, he movie? was the co-pilot. No, it was awesome. it's a... 
Never mind. One of the great scenes ever. He's the co-pilot. You don't play hard enough on defense. He's he's the co-pilot, and this kid comes in. Hey, Jimmy, you want to see the cockpit? And the kid goes, "Wow, it's you," you know. And he goes, "No, my name's." He says he pretends not to be Cream. And the kid says, like Jared said, "My my dad says you can't do this." And he grabs the kid. He goes, "Listen, kid, have your dad drag Walton up and down the corridor." (laughs) (laughs) It was a great scene. I can't believe you haven't seen Airplane. Oh, it's great. No, the movie was before I was born. It's, but you still see it. No, so, no, no, dude, it's still, it's, it's one very of the few funny. movies that it's still very holds funny. up. Yeah. I won't watch it. Coming up next, <laughs> John, you're the worst. John Gruden, find out what he's ranked top five in the NFL at. Bischoff's Briefs. How was the game? Not very good. Have you ever seen a good hockey game? No, me neither. I love sports. I just can't get next to hockey. Bischoff's brief. See, I think Americans like to savor situations. One down, bottom of the ninth. One run game, first and third. Left-handed batter, right-hand reliever. Infield, a double play depth. Here's the pitch. Bischoff's briefs. Scoring in hockey, it seems to come out of nowhere. The play-by-play guy is always shocked. Le Petier passes to Huck and Chuck, who skates past the blue line. Huck and Chuck, of course, was traded from Winnipeg for a case of Labatt's after sitting out last season with, oh my God, he scores! Bischoff's Briefs. Oh, John Gruden. We got some positive John Gruden stats today. So Eric Eager of Pro Football Focus ranked the best offensive play callers in the NFL. Number one goes to Matt LaFleur of the Green Bay Packers. Number two, Brian Dabble in Buffalo. Number three, Andy Reid in Kansas City. And number four, your very own John Gruden, the head coach of the Raiders. Now, I actually think this is a good way to highlight how the Raiders should probably reorder the organization. John Gruden has put together a very good offense, despite not having a whole lot of high-end talent. Uh, If you look at pro football focus rankings from last year's team, Derek Carr ranked as the 10th best quarterback in the NFL. Good quarterback, but certainly not top three, top five, anything like that. Not a single wide receiver, not even Nelson Aguilar, was top 40 in pro football focus's wide receiver rankings. Darren Waller was a top three tight end. Very good tight end. They have high-end talent there. Josh Jacobs was only the 21st best running back. Rodney Hudson was the eighth best center. Good center. Granted, that was a down year for him even. But Gabe Jackson was the highest-ranked guard on the team at 40th. Colton Miller was the highest-ranked tackle on the team at 34th. So across the board, the Raiders had a top-five tight end, a top-10 center, and a top-10 quarterback. Nothing else inside the top 20 at their position. They had more guys outside the top 50 than they did inside the top 20. So despite all that, the Raiders still ranked 10th last year in points scored. It wasn't by any means a great offense. You're not confusing them with one of the top three or four offenses in football, but it was an offense that scored quite a bit of points, and it was an offense that at the end of the day was better than the sum of its parts. And I think John Gruden deserves a ton of credit for that. The idea that the game had passed him by in terms of game planning and play calling, it doesn't look like it. His offense has been good. He has been perfectly fine producing points with his team, producing more points than you would expect the talent that they have had. But I think it's a good way to highlight what the Raiders' biggest problem is, is that John Gruden is responsible for so much more than the offensive game plan and the play calling, right? There have been some, like, game management coaching issues, like he's not very good at challenging 
Uh, he kicks a lot of short field goals, right? There's been stuff like that where it's like in-game management has been questionable. But more importantly, it's who's around him. Look at the coaching hires. Paul Gunther didn't work out. Hell, they brought in Rod Marinelli. He didn't really do much difference last year either. But more importantly, his roster evaluation has not been good. Their draft picks have been a nightmare. Their free agent signings have been a nightmare. And you look around, it's like, okay, what what if they had hit on just a couple more of these early draft picks? Or what if they had hit on LaMarcus Joyner as a free agent signing or Trent Brown as a free agent signing? Like, what if they had hit on a couple more of these guys the team might actually be in the playoffs. Like they might've had a playoff team last year. If they had hit on some of the, if Corey Littleton hadn't been one of the worst linebackers in football last year, if LaMarcus Joyner had actually been a good slot corner for the Raiders, if Tyrell Williams had worked out when they gave him a bunch of money or Antonio Brown, like if a couple of these worked out, the Raiders probably make the playoffs. One of the last two years, they were close that a couple, you know, personnel changes. They could have been in the playoffs. So I don't think there's any way it happens. But the Raiders would be better off if John Gruden had less overall responsibility and they let him do what he does the best, and that is game plan and play call because he's very good at that. It's just the rest of the organizational control. He's proven it's not very good for the Raiders the last few years. Yeah, and that's exactly what Mark Davis gave him, right? He gave him all control. Yeah. That's why when everyone says around the draft, uh, I know Mayock has a lot to do with the draft, but why didn't Gruden talk? He had to have final say. I'm sure they agreed on a lot of things. They do seem to agree on things in terms of personnel. I think they do. At least they seem that way. They come out that way much more than it came off with Reggie McKenzie because that wasn't his guy. He just inherited Reggie McKenzie as a GM. But you make a good point. But again, I don't for a second believe he'll give up power. No. And why would he? I mean, if you're Gruden, you probably shouldn't. Like, Someone's going to let you do everything. You do everything. Yeah. So, But it's just I think... I think this organization, they would be better off if Gruden... If Again, he's very good at something. He's excellent as an offensive play caller, right? Ranked top five by pro football focus. And again, their offenses have been good. If that's all he had to do, John Gruden is a great person to have as your head coach, or even just like offensive coordinator, if you want to take it that step. Right. But as far as like hiring other coaches or the mainly the roster construction and the talent evaluation, it's been a disaster for this team for the last three years. And that's the reason they haven't been a playoff team. If somebody else was doing that, if somebody better was doing that, the Raiders are probably in the playoffs and John Gruden could just coach the pieces he was given and probably be very, very good yeah. at that. But I highly doubt anything changes anytime soon with this organization. Coming up next, J.R. Starkist. Oh, he's like me. He doesn't watch movies. Our stats hogwash. Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. Ready for the weekend? Let's find out what's on tap. We can provide you with a wine-tasting tour of Tuscany. We cannot change why you drink. It's Thirsty Thursday with J.R. Starkus. Who needs a drink? I don't even know if I want to talk to him. I guess we have to. Follow him on Twitter at J.R. Starkus. Key account executive, Southern Glazers Wine Spirits, Nevada. Brought to you by Liquor World. Yeah, whatever. Listen. Okay, the airplane's one thing. You and Tyler haven't seen airplane. Whatever, you should still see it because it's absolutely hilarious. But I just got told something when you were coming on. You didn't like Pulp Fiction? Well, first of all, I saw Pulp Fiction, uh, I think it was two years ago, on a plane ride to Europe because okay. I had two friends that are big movie buffs that I work with, and they are always busting my chops about, just like you and Jared are to Tyler because I'm in the same boat as Tyler. I don't watch any of this crap. And I, you know, they're always busting my chops. I'm watching movies. You ever seen it? Of course not. 
they'd make movie references, and I'm like, what are you guys talking about? And they were like, oh, Jared would never get this. So they were busting my chops, like, have you seen Pulp Fiction? I said, no, I've never seen Pulp Fiction. So we all went to Europe, and I told them, I said, listen, I'm going to do you guys a solid because you're my buddies. I'm actually going to download this movie. I'm going to watch it because I have 10 hours of plane ride to kill. So I am on the plane. I turn on Pulp Fiction, and after three hours, I turn around because both guys sit behind me, and I said, you're lucky I'm on this plane. That's three hours I'm never getting back, and uh, that was awful except for the last five minutes. But other than that, like way too long, uh, yeah, overdone, just, just uh, five, maybe five out of ten, maybe five out of ten, but uh, that's about it. That's about all I can give it. Kyler, have you seen it? I have seen it. What would you think? Uh, seven out of ten. The worst. Okay. They so, are the yeah. worst. So people. first of all, the fact that Tyler Bischoff is more positive about yeah. something than you are, uh, this is embarrassing for you. Um, <laughs> it is not five out of ten. You either you're out of your mind. You can't do a Tarantino film too um, too much. That's what he's about. Uh, and it's you just, can't do it too sober either. You know what I mean? Oh. <laughs> wow, it's unbelievable. It's it unbelievable. A movie. I don't yeah, know what happened. Long. I mean, there's, a, there's some you. good movies that to me, I'm just like. You know, it didn't need to be two and a half hours long. It could have been an hour 55 or 210, and you could have got the same point across. Just a lot of extra stuff in there um, that, that I'm like, ah, it's, it, and I lose, my, I lose my focus, man. I can't, I, 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 you got to keep me drawn in, and that movie just didn't do it. I will say that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood could have just been the last 10 minutes, and I would have been yeah, fine with, with Pitt, that. Yeah, 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 and, and that's, that's true. Did you see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No. <sighs> there no. was a lot of driving around oh, that goodness. felt... Completely superfluous. My goodness. I, what, what is Once Upon? I've never even heard of that. Oh, <laughs> now that's like within the last like two years. Oh, it's recent? Well, that, yes, that, Pitt. That, uh, DiCaprio? Uh, DiCaprio, yeah. I think, yeah. Margot Robbie. Mario, Mario Robbie? I mean, I've heard of the people, but. I don't even know. I've never heard of Mar- Mario Robbie. Who's that? Uh, no, oh, Jesus. Margot Christ. Robbie? Uh, you haven't heard of her? She does the no. blue and red makeup. I can't remember her okay, character's Harley name. Harley Quinn. That one. Did you see Wolf of Wall Street? I did see Wolf of Wall Street. Okay, she's the blonde. Long, a great movie, but good movie. She's the blonde. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember her. You would okay. Hold on. Hold on. Did you, did you watch Wolf of Wall Street? Hold on. You watched that movie. Did you watch it? You remember her? Did you you, you, you saw the, the the scene where he she brings her home for the first time, and you don't remember her? Yeah, no. What, you, are you drunk most of the time? Did you watch it on a TV or something? Did you not? Like, did you watch that movie in a movie theater? Ten years ago. Okay. It doesn't matter. You watched it in the movie theater. I mean, were you getting popcorn during the most important scene? What were you doing? Movie theater. Movie theater. Who, I haven't watched a movie in a movie theater. Who was a movie theater? Right? Wow. All right. I have not seen Wolf of Wall Street, but I'm going to make the assumption here. She's naked is what you guys are referring yeah. to. Well, Wolf of Wall Street is good because the opening scene is about, like, they're, they're, they're in a bar and, or a restaurant, and he talks about drinking, you know, absolute vodka martinis and keep bringing them until you pass out. Like, that's, it catches my attention when you talk about booze like that right away. I'm like, all right, this could be good, you know? Oh, all man. Right, we need to move on from Yeah, something we do. Else. What, what, what are you making for us today? No, give us another movie we haven't heard of. I like this. <laughs> yeah, we could do this all day, a movie we've never heard of. Uh, so I'm going to do another cocktail called The Summer Days, D-A-Z. Summer days, uh, and I'm going to go back to our, our friends at Grey Goose and use the Grey Goose Essences strawberry and lemongrass. I'm going to use some fresh berries because now we're coming into season. Uh, I'm going to use a little bit of fresh lemon or lime juice. I'm going to use some strawberry syrup, and I'm going to use uh, one of my favorite new products, which is the uh, Sovani Brilliant Orange uh, uh, Sparkling Soda Water. Um, so five ingredients and really simple. So you take some raspberries and blackberries, fresh berries, 
and you know you can kind of mix it up any way you want, and it doesn't doesn't really matter how many berries you use. If you like more berries and use more berries, it just will add probably a little more sweetness to your drink. Um, and for the home bartender, like adjust it any way you want. Have fun with this. In a restaurant setting, it needs to be a little more precise because everybody needs to make it the same way and it needs to taste the same for every guest every single time. But at home, make it any way you want. But, you know, two or three blackberries and two or three raspberries, put them in the bottom of a mixing tin and just give them a little muddle just to break them up. You're not trying to do too much, like just a couple presses with a muddler the back of a spoon, something to break it up. Then you're going to add a half of an ounce of the liquid alchemist strawberry syrup, which is basically, to me, it tastes like liquid strawberry jam. And you're going to add three-quarter ounces of lemon or lime juice. Okay? I like lime juice for that. And the reason you're adding a little more lime than than, than syrup is because there's obviously some sweetness in the syrup, and then there's, of course, sweetness in the fresh berries. Uh, we're going to add an ounce and a half of the Grey Goose Essences Strawberry and Lemongrass Vodka, and we're going to shake all those ingredients together. Now, a lot of the time, I'll shake those ingredients together, and then I'll strain them, but for this particular drink, I want to, I want to have the, the fresh chunks of berries in there, so when we shake the drink, we're going to shake the drink hard, uh, but not for a very long time because I'm not trying to over-dilute it because I'm going to be using that same ice in the beverage. Mm-hmm. So shake the drink for four seconds really well, and then add after that, then you add uh, about three ounces of the Sovani uh, soda water, the brilliant orange soda water. Okay, so you add that on top. That's your sparkling element. Obviously, you don't want to shake that in there because it'll blow up on you. And then you take all of the ingredients and pour it with ice, with pulp from the berries, everything into your Collins glass or your your uh, your your tall glass or whatever you're drinking by the pool, and then garnish it with, I garnish mine with a little bit of mint for color, and then I took some extra blackberries before I made the drink, and I put them in the freezer, so I froze the blackberries, and I used a couple frozen blackberries for the garnish as well. And that's it. Summer days, perfect for the pool, perfect for uh, watching extra long movies, uh, or whatever else you're doing this summer. (laughs) How many of these to get through Pulp Fiction a second time? Oh, boy, uh, 17. <laughs> 17. <laughs> you know, one, one an hour for that movie is basically what it comes down to. <laughs> this will be good for next week when it's one fifteen. Yes, perfect for one. Yeah, you know, today it's actually really nice outside, you know, but, uh, but for when, it's, when it gets to that point where it's ridiculously hot outside, it's absolutely perfect for those type of days because it is a lower alcohol beverage as well. And so it's not something that's going to, it, it, I mean, it's going to get you, right? I'm not going to tell you it's not. But, you know, it's not as strong as some other beverages. So, you know, you can, you can afford to drink more of them and enjoy it in the, in the summer, in the heat. And it's just not going to get you as quick. So it's more of a sessionable style drink, something you can drink for a prolonged amount of time at the pool. It's perfect. Is there anything in this drink that Trevor Bauer can stick his hands in to get a better grip on a baseball? 100%. You could use the, so the liquid alchemist strawberry syrup is going to have some extra, Ooh. it's going to be a little sugary, right? And you could put, you write it off and be like, no, it's my blood or whatever, you know, so. It's my blood. Yeah, it's from my nail that I'm trying to dig in there for my curveball, you know, so you could write it off as something like that, you know, but yeah, absolutely. Trevor Barrow could cheat with this, um, you know, stick his finger in a little bit, it gives you a little tacky 
feel on that ball, get that spin rate up a couple extra RPMs. I love the excuse of it's my blood. That's my blood. I'm just yeah. bleeding on the mouth. I, there's going to be a guy who's going to start, like, cutting his hand before yes. going out and just being yeah, like. See, see, see bloody sock. You know what I mean? See the Red Sox bloody sock. Uh, that was ketchup. Was... Come on, man. That was ketchup. <laughs> we all know that that was a sham. <laughs> no, there's no shams with the Red Sox, baby. It's just uh, good to go. Yeah. Hope you have try a to get the, the last run, two days then. Try to get the run differential of Dodgers. Did you uh how's your um uh pool menu going? Did you change much this year? No. Um, you know, this year the, the pool menus, a lot of them stayed pretty stagnant from the previous year because uh when we closed down last year, it was right when these pools were about to get going. So they had just loaded in a ton of product. And so, you know, in order for them to give the, the menu is an opportunity. They felt it was best for them to run with um, what, whatever they were going to go with last year. And so a lot of pools have done that, understandably so. They had tons of inventory they were sitting on, sitting on with, with nothing to do with it. So it didn't make a lot of financial sense for them to redo it again um, and then have product that was just going to sit in their warehouses. So a lot, of, a lot of pools simply use what they did last year. But we'll start working on pool menus again probably come uh, November, December for the following years when, when, when those things start to get going again. Wait, wait, what was the name of the drink you made us? Summer Days. That's D-A-Z. right, Summer Days. Yes. D-A-Z. That's creative. It's a good name. I, li- I like the names. I like when JR gets to name his own drinks, too. Be the best part yeah. of it. Tyler, you would love it. Yesterday, I was literally at, a, at my son. I had my son had a game yesterday, a summer game. And I, I flipped open the score, and I said out loud to anybody within shouting distance, why the hell can't the Red Sox beat the Astros? That's important, yes. Uh, can't do uh, it. Can't do oh, it. Brutal, man. Every time I look, it's like five to three, and I'm like, dang it. Oh, it's great. It's a great series. I like playing the Red Sox. Yeah, I bet you do. Are you going to uh, put this drink on uh, Instagram, at JR Makes Drinks? It'll be on Instagram, at JR Makes Drinks, so you can see how to make it, uh, and I'll have it up there very shortly. Yeah, well, you won't be watching movies, so you can do it now. At least you won't be. Yeah, when you watch good movies, you won't have a damn review to give us because you're you're a horrible reviewer. Mike, Ed, Ed, what's your all-time favorite movie? Hoosiers. Yeah, that that that, I will say that is where he and I delineate because Hoosiers is a terrible film. Jr., have you seen Hoosiers? I've not seen Hoosiers. Me neither. Okay, my second favorite film. Have you ever seen The Departed? No. Oh, okay. The Departed is really, really good. (laughs) Follow him on Twitter at Jr. Starkus Key Account Executive (laughs) Southern Glazers Wine Spirits Nevada. Brought to you by Liquor World. Uh, We might talk to you next week, but this is just so embarrassing. I'll talk to you, Jr. Don't worry. Tyler will talk to you. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Great minds think alike, Tyler. Take See care. Yeah. What is The Departed? I don't think I've heard oh. that. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, Martin God. says he won an Oscar for oh. it. Do you ever, here's the thing, do you ever watch DiCaprio movies? No, I've never watched a movie because of an actor. I've never no, been like, it, oh, that actor's okay. good. So we've named two movies that DiCaprio, three movies that DiCaprio's been in. that You've you not seen Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, he's in Titanic. Yes, you've that, seen yeah. Titanic. Have you seen yeah. Titanic? Titanic's yeah. awful. Like growing up, we he, had like he, we had like five movies on VHS that we would watch over and over. Like Titanic was one. Gone in sixty seconds was one. What? Hardball was one. Oh, all right, Hardball's all um, right. I can't remember the other one, but yeah, we only had like a few movies on VHS that we would watch over and over. So that's probably the only the one, I've one seen. DiCaprio movie you've seen is Titanic. Yeah. What else is he in? The, the aviator. Oh wait, wait, wait. Um, uh, What's eating Gilbert Grape? The, is he in the one where they Inception? Yes. I've yeah. Seen Inception. All right. Yeah. They spin the top to sell, see yeah. if they're in what whatever reality. I can't remember what happens in that, but I've seen that one. So you've seen none of his good stuff. <laughs> Apparently not. I don't know. What else is he in? 
The well, if you Gatsby, just if you just watch like, the Departed, Wolf of Wall Street, and and uh, and the Hollywood movie, then you've kind of yeah you see hit, his. Brilliance. I've only heard of one of those three before today. So, wow! Oh, The Revenant. Never heard of he that. He gets attacked. I almost said a word that you would have had to dump. The bear me. scene bear. where he gets attacked by a bear. The Revenant. Wow. The Revenant. What is this about nuns? Sounds like the Covenant. <laughs> what are we doing over here? What does that word even mean? I don't even know what Revenant means. Is that a real word? All right. Well, all right. Let's go. Take to break. us to break because this is just ridiculously <laughs> insane. And, and we did get a voicemail during that, and but I don't. I don't think I can play it on air. But it is. I'm going to berate Tyler with it during the break. So thank you again, Mike. Bauer is one of those guys that you know you can play around. You know you can joke, and uh, at the end of the day, he's, he's gonna know. I feel like you're just playing around. You're just, or you're just around, but you know it's one of the best pitchers of the game right now too. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff. That was the best player in baseball, Fernando Tatis, talking about Trevor Bauer. Ed is hunched over. What are you watching? The the box score update no, on the Dodgers and their nine. No. Why the hell are they playing at nine thirty? Someone just sent me an email saying, Ed, I once thought you were too negative in your commentary, but now I know what negative really means, and I promise never to say that about you ever again. And then they sent me a link that I've yet to open up, so I guess someone's negative. I don't know. What's a link to? I assume your website. I haven't opened up. (laughs) What if it's to you? Just a picture of Tyler's LinkedIn? Exactly, just your picture? I have no idea what it is. I'll open the link later. Who was the guy? Should he open that link? Uh... Uh, I don't do, know. I, yeah. do you still go in the office? I don't. I definitely open it on a work computer. <laughs> <laughs> um, like I'm very curious what's behind that link, but I don't think you. should But I don't open know if I should link. open it. Otherwise, we're going to be finding out. We can't talk. Just to Ed text anymore. it. Text it to Adam Hill and say, "Hey, open this. <laughs> <laughs> Just to open it and screenshot it for me." Man, no, um, I'm not going to open it. Who was it on? There was some guy on Twitter one time who thought he was like coming at you hard for finding an old LinkedIn picture, and we all just were like, "Yep." Okay. Oh, cool, probably buddy. Raiders fans. Yeah, like cool. Thanks. Yeah. I've got there's some great photos because when I was at Ole Miss, we did like a one of our classes was we basically produced like a TV news show. I got some great clips of that where I just would oh. like put on like a polo over gym shorts and start talking into a camera. It's phenomenal. Yeah, there's some definitely some videos of me doing the exact same thing. Yeah, that's great. It's uh, wonderful. The good news is no one knows how to spell either my first or last name. So <laughs> You don't know how to spell them, not other people. Everyone knows how to spell Jared and Justice except you. Um, the best part about doing journalism classes at Ole Miss when we'd have to do like TV type stories, Ole Miss's football stadium, never locked. Like we could just walk in and like do like a random like stand up for TV. Really? Yeah, just walk in and do it. See, and the great thing about doing those type of stories for UNLV is no one wants to drive that far to Sam yeah, Boyd, so we're never going to cover the freaking football Sam team. <laughs> Do yeah. you want a lug uh, camera that far? No. All right, so then we're just not going to cover the football team. <laughs> Women's soccer it is. Yeah, you can just walk. I, there was a couple years ago, there was like it snowed in Oxford, and people just went on the football field and started having a snowball fight. You'd think they wouldn't want that to happen, but they don't seem to care too much. Well, someone should win something on that field. Hey, they beat Alabama on a regular basis there. They don't beat Vanderbilt, but they'll beat <laughs> Alabama on a regular basis there. Pete DeBorn and Zoom just said, we're excited about the opportunity, and we have 
a quiet confidence. Oh, well, you can't say it then. Yeah. Yeah. It's, How quiet it is it, if yeah. you actually say it. Come on, That's Pete. That's the definition of verbalized. Yeah, exactly. Come on, Pete. Quiet confidence. Oh. Does the quiet confidence translate to back in the room going, these guys stink. Bulletin up, board we're, we're material. We're four straight against these guys. Jared Bednar's putting that in the locker room. Yeah. Look at this. Yeah. They've got quiet confidence. St. Louis never said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pete DeBoer. Uh, why would you even say that? They're going to win tonight, aren't they? The Knights? Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. going to win tonight. Well, you you just don't want to get on a plane tomorrow morning. <laughs> exactly. So I'm, I'm mentally <laughs> saying yes. Very strong that they're going to win I'm surprised you're not mentally prepared for them to lose <laughs> and be on a plane. I'm surprised I, you're just not at McCarran. All I want is you to live stream the pilot showing yes, up. exactly. And this, just yeah. be this haggard-looking guy <laughs> yeah. who's like, his ties mostly you know, undone. Down in coffee. He's like, oh, this guy, he'll be good to fly. He'll be good to fly. He's <sighs> smacking his own face. Just <sighs> being like... <laughs> All right, maybe the fifth vodka tonic, not a good idea, but I, I got this, guys. Yeah, if your flight's delayed tomorrow morning because the pilot's not there, call in. Oh, I will. I'll call in from from uh, the yeah. seat, from my seat. Hello? Hello? Tyler? <laughs> I got the exit row, guys. Yeah, I'm exactly. I'm going to be here for a I love, while. Yeah, I got the exit row. My, my Boxed down an old lady, enough. but I got it. Our pilot's still in Kansas City for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are, I assume they're not going to send you if you know knock on whatever. I don't actually care, but if they have to go to Canada, I assume you're not just going to have to like re- reporting live from outside of the, outside we are, of Canada. Uh, we're fifty fifty right now on that. We're fifty fifty on if you can get through the border into a media bubble, perhaps, but we're not sure yet. But they are. I, they I, there is there is talk. That there could be a media bubble where you'd be on the same flight and in the same hotel and you would go nowhere but the arena to the hotel. But we're not sure about that yet. Oh, man, I am excited to find out, like, the the behind-the-scene details of the media bubble (laughs) in Canada. God, you're going to get stuck there, aren't you? Well, if there's any, any, like, hint of quarantining, we're not going, obviously. We're not going to go. We can't go in quarantine. But if there is, hey, everyone on the same plane, everyone in the same hotel, you will only go to the arena, then that makes it more plausible. But I don't know if that's going to happen. We've only kind of heard that might happen. What what state is Montreal north of? Is it, is it New Hampshire or Vermont? One of those two. You guys should Vermont. Just stay actually, I actually Vermont? I will not say who, but and it is not uh, one of my colleagues. It's another media member down. Actually said yesterday. Well, we've actually thought about going to Vermont and driving over. And I said, well, don't you have quarantine? Eh, how will they know? Like, Wait a minute, what? <laughs> I think they'll know by going. Okay, I mean. But then you think about it, and you're like, if you're through, if you can get through customs, you got your, you know, you have your, you can even show your vaccine card and your and your passport, but they still say no, you must vaccine, you must quarantine. It's like you can say I'm going to my brother's house. How do they know? Like it's like it's the honor system at my gym. I told you the other day when I'm like running, I'm looking around, I'm like, do I trust the hundreds of people I see right now working out with no masks on? Because it has to be the honor system. Because when you go in the gym, like if you're vaccinated, no mask, I'm like. I don't know if all these people are vaccinated. Great. It could be the same thing in Canada. Oh, sure. I've, yeah, I've been here for two weeks. Don't worry about it. I'm coming to the game. <laughs> I was saying you go to stay in Vermont, just whatever city's south of the border, and make the tell the Golden Knights they got to drive over the border to come do press conferences <laughs> exactly. and stuff. They come no, back. No, drive to the border. You <laughs> drive to the border. Yes, exactly. You yell through the fence. <laughs> hey, Petey, you're up 2-0 in Montreal. I have a quiet confidence know, that you can go up 3-0. Do you know how great that would be? If you're screaming if across you the, border, yelling yes. over the border? You'd be yelling the questions to DeBoer over the border? Like you'd stand on the line and just start screaming? 
we have an exclusive <laughs> with Pete. He's over there, yeah. but it's an exclusive. Oh, man. Marcia, so does Montreal now have the greatest line in the history of hockey uh, like Colorado <laughs> did? Poor Justin Emerson trying to yell oh, a question out. Justin with a question to Stone oh, from over the border. Boy. I'm sorry. I got you. I got you. <laughs> phenomenal. I can't wait for Marshall to say Nick Suzuki's on the best. Oh, it's going to be great. You know, we should, we could have kept that guy. Yeah, but, uh, uh, Marshall that, just like, yeah. he could really help us out right now. Yeah, I had to get that Patches guy. And the Suzuki guy is like going to be a number one center in a Listen, year or two. They win, and Nick Suzuki outscores Max Pacioretty oh. in the next series. How much will the narrative be next series? Who really won the trade? Oh, if if Nick Suzuki outscores him, my Twitter feed won't stop. No. It will not stop with Nick Suzuki goals. I hope they win.